Hey, welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, look, I think some people, not everybody, but uh, already gearing up for the holiday shopping season. And I think one of the big questions hanging over us is, you know, more than a year into the pandemic, what kind of role will online shopping play versus, you know, that traditional brick and mortar experience? Now, Deloitte Canada has released a new outlook on the holiday shopping season. And with me today to expand on all the trends ahead is report author Marty Weintraub. He is also a partner and national retail practice leader at Deloitte Canada. Marty, thanks for joining us on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I think we can look at that pandemic. We know that it really accelerated the adoption of e-commerce last year. Are we still seeing that same sort of momentum being carried forward into the holiday shopping season for 2021? Yes, we are. Um, Now, maybe not to the same extent we would have seen during lockdowns, but from a trend perspective, as we've seen, you know, stores reopen and business somewhat return to normal with capacity limits, you know, slowly being lifted, depending what jurisdiction you're in and, and the safety in those jurisdictions, we're seeing some movement, in fact, some pulling back probably this holiday season relative to you know, the previous holiday season and or the lockdown period. But nonetheless, we're not going to go uh, all the way back to pre-pandemic levels. So we're going to land at probably about 40-ish percent of holiday shopping being done online, actually transacted online. That's not to say that everyone won't sort of go online even before they hit a mall or a store to search for inspiration or ideas. Um, and in fact, what is keeping on growing online is Amazon. So we've seen Amazon over the past three or four years that we've been doing the study continue to steal share from other online retailers. In fact, they'll be the number one destination again, three years running as the first place. Canadians said they're going to go for online uh, holiday shopping and inspiration. That's probably up about two or three percent from last year. So they've taken two or three percent every single year over the past few years. And we see other retailers and their websites trying to catch up, uh, but not quite there yet. Is it just that convenience factor that people are leaning on, especially during an era where, I don't know, uh, some people are kind of fearful of still, you know, maybe carrying around uh, COVID-19? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen some concerns still over going to stores. In fact, we've been tracking, you know, what percentage of Canadians feel comfortable and safe going to stores. And that number, as you can imagine, has been getting better and better as time has gone on. I mean, if I go back a year, it was probably about 40, 45% felt safe going to the store. Now you're into the 70, 75% range. We're not at 100 yet, but we're certainly much better off than before. So that's going to that's gonna keep sort of fluttering around until we you know, completely exit this pandemic. But the store is, is not dead. I mean, people still want to go to stores. 60% of business is still going to be done there. But it'll be a little bit more transactional now in terms of what we do in the store versus inspirational. So curbside and buy online, pick up in store and returns. We'll see a lot more transacting happening in stores than perhaps we have in the past. Well, I remember kind of a phenomenon we were witnessing leading up to the pandemic is people would kind of go into stores, kind of pick up uh, whatever products they're thinking of. They, they wanted to be there, kind of touch them, feel them. Um, but if people are a little bit more hesitant to go into stores, is that kind of fading just a little bit and people are just, you know, biting the bullet, making an online purchase instead? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna, we're definitely seeing that. I mean, it probably depends again. Right now, it's just obviously we have different levels of the pandemic fear across the country. I mean, obviously, when we look at Alberta and Saskatchewan and some of the provinces where, you know, we're having some bigger challenges, perhaps, than we are in BC and Ontario, for example, um, you know, the fear will basically coincide with with those uh, challenges that are coming. 
But, uh, but I, I suspect there's also a greater level of comfort just in general. I mean, even if you are afraid to go to a store, to be honest, when it comes down to holiday shopping, I think we'll see some people go online, but I think we'll see some people also bite the bullet in the other way, which is go into stores, um, quite frankly, because they have to do their shopping and they may not be able to get their stuff online in time. I mean, we're having some supply chain challenges now, so I expect there'll be those that have not started their shopping already, that it's already late. Um, in fact, in our study, about a third of Canadians said they're going to be done, and this is going to sound crazy, done their holiday shopping by next week, which is unheard of. And not quite sure I actually believe it, wow. but that's what the survey, that's what the survey showed. Yeah. But the point is the trend is to shop earlier and finish faster. So I guess wherever the Canadian feels they can do that, get in, get out, buy something, get it, that's where they're going to go this holiday season. And that could be online or that could be in store. I am truly jealous of the people that have all of their shopping done by next week. Uh, that, that, that's not me every year. I, I'm usually, I, I've gotten better over the years, but uh, oftentimes I'd wait until the last minute, unfortunately. Well, by the way, we, d- we did see in our survey that, uh, that men do tend to drag it out longer um, in terms of shopping list uh, shopping. Uh, so you probably fall into that bucket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm guilty as charged here. So. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm curious about, though, is are we going to be spending more than last year by any chance? We are. That's probably the most uh, exciting thing I say that was that came out of the study. So if you look at how much Canadians said they're going to spend in total this year, it's about eighteen hundred and forty dollars. Uh, that's thirty percent better than last year and eight percent better than twenty nineteen, which was pre pandemic. So we're going to see a little bit of an unleashing of money. Um, now, what's interesting about that, though, that came through in our data is that there's a tale of two shoppers, uh, Tyler. So those that fared well during the pandemic versus those that didn't fare well. And just one other interesting statistic, uh, before the pandemic in, in Canada, we saved about $20 billion a year, you know, tucked away in mattresses and bank accounts, so to speak. Uh, during the pandemic, that number climbed to about 200 billion, so 10 times more. Wow. So if you're in the camp where you are fortunate enough to have a job, um, not lose your job, you know, continue working, and you saved money, you're in that sort of uh, going to spend quite a bit more camp. And by the way, those folks are going to be spending over $2,000, about $2,100 versus those that didn't fare well and couldn't uh, save money who are going to spend closer to $1,400. So that averages out to 18, but averages hide the real story, which is about uh, the two tails of the shopper. Do we know what kinds of things they'll be shopping for, whether you know, you're the individual or maybe you've got some holiday party planning to do? Yeah, I mean, we're going to see most of it go to gifts and gift cards. Um, gift cards continue to rise as a, as a chosen method to give gifts. Probably we'll see that continue to rise over time, especially, by the way, the supply chain challenges. One of the easiest outs, if you can't find what someone's looking for, is you get them a gift card. So I suspect we'll see an uptick in gift cards just because of some of the supply chain pressures if somebody doesn't want to sort of buy something else. Um, and we are going to see strong growth in apparel, obviously, because folks have not been buying clothing for the past year and a half and toys and electronics are always top of the list. The other thing that just, I, I'm wondering about, you know, uh, just with the rise of e-commerce just over the last year and a half or so, um, you know, a lot of people think like, oh yeah, it's a must now for all businesses, but I, I'm wondering, are there some community businesses, mom and pa shops, that's maybe that kind of you know, you walk right into your neighborhood, grab something there. Can they still get away with that? Or does everybody really need to jump on board with this if they want to stay competitive? It's a good question. And, and honestly, the, the answer is probably a little bit complicated because I think it does depend on geography and market. I think in the 
in the bigger kind of tier one, tier two, larger markets. So I think, you know, you know GVA, GTA, the big markets, you know, Montreal, uh, I think it'd be really tough um, if you don't have an online presence. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to transact online, although we have seen, we've absolutely seen, I should say, over the past year and a half, even sort of small Main Street businesses or mom and pop shops, as, as they're often referred to, find a way to get online. Um, and that's either by doing it themselves. There's been a lot of new technologies and more cost-effective ways to get online uh, than there were just a couple of years ago. And again, that's pandemic driven. Um, and we've also seen some smaller retailers, you know, try to form partnerships with, you know, other retailers nearby. So I think that that would suggest that you kind of do have to be in the game somehow, or over time you will be overlooked. Now in some of the smaller markets, you know, where the population is a little bit, maybe a little bit older, uh, a little bit less trusting of online, perhaps a little more traditional, I could see there being a little bit of room uh, to delay that. But even in smaller markets, I'll be honest, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, I happen to live in Toronto and I happen to spend a lot of time in, in the north during the summertime. And I actually went, spent a lot of time on Main Street, to be honest, this past summer. And obviously I had mixed lockdowns and I actually had a chance to chat with some local businesses. And they, to they told me very clearly that, you know, they want to and they try to. The problem is the financials. It just becomes sometimes really hard um, to make those investments, depending again on where your business is and where you are in your maturity. So I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. But again, my my advice to anybody in retail is if you're not doing e-commerce somehow, you ought to be thinking about how you how you get there because it's just a matter of time before um, it won't be an option. Yeah, I, I just, I, I feel for those that might still be on the fence, but even just kind of the neighborhood stores I would not have expected to jump on board. They've just done it like, like out of necessity after almost two years of this. So it is interesting that, you know, you're the expert here and you're kind of, uh, you're kind of uh, reassuring me of, of what my own observations are. But um, maybe last thing I'll throw your way. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, big spending plans, just dollars wise, but one of the other issues beyond, say, supply chain is inflation concerns. And might that tamp down at all on people's spending? Is that of concern to the average shopper this year? Interesting, it is. And it actually ties back to the discussion we were having just a few minutes ago on the tale of two shoppers. So I would say inflation uh, as a concern relative to shopping, less so in the, the haves versus the have-nots. In the have-not category, as I was alluding to before, actually they cited inflation as one of the top two reasons why they're going to spend less, i.e. that $1,400 number versus the higher number we talked about. Inflation was one of them. And actually food inflation specifically was, was cited because we've seen some, some big increases in food um, for multiple reasons. And that will dampen uh, for that group of shoppers how much they can spend and are willing to spend. Okay. I swear this is my last question. I promise this time. Okay. But um, yeah, uh, are there concerns about labor issues or just maybe anecdotal on your part, but is that putting increasing pressure on retailers like the brick and mortar side versus folks that can get by with e-commerce as their primary source of selling? Yeah, you've, you've picked on a very topical question, actually, Tyler. In fact, that's one of the biggest challenges. I mean, you put, push supply chain aside just for a sec, not to diminish it, but store labor and hiring people is actually part of that challenge. So not only is it hard to get goods over here, by the way, when I talk about labor, labor throughout the whole supply chain, all the way back to the factory. So especially on the import side or even domestic, right? So we had a lot of factories open, shut and, and you know, during the pandemic because of protocols. Then you have capacity issues. We have a massive spike in demand globally for many goods and services, which was unplanned for demand, actually. So you take higher than planned demand. We can't operate our factories at full capacity. Then we can't move the product across the water 
uh, fast enough because there aren't enough containers and there aren't enough boats. All those become much, much more expensive. I'm sure you've heard, you know, containers go from a couple thousand to 20,000 or more. I mean, it's just, I have one, one client that actually has tried to go and buy and build their own containers because they just got sick of trying to find them elsewhere. Wow. So, but in this labor shortage all through trucking to move the goods from the port to the warehouse or the warehouse to the store. And then ideally in the store where, you know, it's hard to find people to work. And a lot of that is because of wage pressures and the government funding that's been out there. So for all those reasons, labor across the supply chain into the store uh, continues and actually will be a challenge probably for some time to come. It's Maybe not going to go away after holiday. To uh, kind of close that thread, that that's also one of the pressures that we're seeing with inflation. Is that kind of the idea there with regards to supply chain issues influencing what's going on with inflation right now too? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the cost. I mean, depending again what you sell and where you buy from, the more you import, the more inflation is is probably going to hurt you. But absolutely, I mean, when you're moving containers, so if you're in a in the apparel business or you're importing, you know, hard goods and you're a mass merchant, most of your stuff is coming from overseas, not not domestic or or the U.S. You're paying twenty thousand for a container instead of two. Uh, it's going to hurt your margins, which means price hikes have already started, and I don't think we've seen the end of that yet. Um, and you know, once we get through holiday, because obviously that's a peak season, I think we're going to have a better idea as to how the inflation risk will play out as it relates to retail sales. Okay, so I hope my friends and family are listening to today's episode because I am going to promise that I'll have all of my holiday shopping done by the final week of November. I think that's a realistic uh, thing for me to do, especially considering supply chain concerns. Want to get it in there early. And uh, in the meantime, Marty, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That is Marty Weintraub. He is a partner at Delight Canada. He's also their national retail practice leader. And that is it for the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening. You can go to BIV.com for more stories, more interviews, videos, and more over there. In the meantime, I'm Tyler Orton. 